anything and everything, especially but not limited to New York City. I'm doing this podcast to raise awareness on what I believe to be very important issues and offer solutions so as to make NYC and the planet a better, more sustainable place to live. Hello, que pasa? What's up? This is Stowe, and uh, first things first, I gotta make a correction. On my first podcast, I uh, wrongly called uh, Attorney General race in Queens here in New York, because that's what the news said. It said this woman named Caban had won, and then upon further counts of, uh, I don't know, mail-in votes or follow-up votes, I don't know, whatever, but the uh, woman who is the party machine Democratic lady who you know who is uh, already in office cats now they're saying she won by 60 votes that's how close it was 60 votes and um so people say your vote doesn't count your vote counts but Kayvon's taking it to court because she thinks there's a lot that were thrown out that shouldn't have been so we'll see what happens with that that ties into today's subject or topic and that topic is activism yes activism this is the word itself sums it up. Act. When you do something, you take action. You don't sit on your ass and you don't complain all the time and you know make lots of comments in social media and never do anything to try to fix the situation. You take action because you're an activist. You get the idea? All right, cool. So we got to cover a lot of turf real quick. Here we go. So when it comes to activism or organizing, every effort counts small or big it doesn't it all adds up so it's all important and don't let naysayers tell you otherwise because people will find a million reasons not to do anything but just like you know the butterfly effect i mentioned before every little thing has some kind of impact so you got to take action you got to be an activist so you know the first thing i want to talk about is big protest you know i go to big protest you know, we had the last one I went to was uh, the guns thing. You know, after the killing in Park in Parkland, Florida, all across the country, people took action, and we had student walkouts, and we had people in the streets. We had a huge march uptown, a few hundred thousand people, and um, going down Central Park West. That's where they have a lot of these big protests. And the one I went to before that, a couple few years before that, was uh, Bill McGibbon's 350.org march for the climate. And that was another thing that was like half a million strong, all different types of people. And it was very successful. But the problem with big protest is that uh, there's a lot of logistics involved and uh, legal requirements. So that's why they're so rare because, you know, you have to get permits. Uh, it takes a lot of energy and juice to organize them. You, know, you usually have to have a big team of people. And so it rarely happens for all the, for those main reasons. Logistics and legal requirements. So local, local, local. You know, it's local politics. You got to figure out who your representatives are because that's what affects you directly wherever you live, whether it's New York City or anywhere else where you're listening to this. It's you find out who your reps are uh, in your city council and your state reps in the capital, wherever the capital is. You know, they have a Senate and an assembly person. 
And those people affect your life directly because they make decisions in your community about things that need to be done. So, and it's gotten so easy now. There's no excuse. You can go online, you type in New York City City Council, and boom, you get the website. And they have the emails, super easy access, and you can email them. It takes you less than five minutes. You can email them whatever issue is on your mind and things that are bugging you and you think need to be fixed. Five minutes, and you can, you can do it. It's so easy. There's no excuse not to do it. And they listen. You're called a constituent. You're a voter. And they say for everyone who, who makes a complaint, they look at that as like 200 people. They've done some kind of statistical breakdown. And so when you make an email, you're speaking for 200 people, so they take it serious. Phone calls, it's true, are I think a lot of, especially on the federal level, the phone calls are even more powerful, but most of us don't want to do it for some reason because then you might end up on some, you know, call up, you know, vault, you know, whatever when they want to raise money or whatever. I get paranoid about that. I don't like using my phone for stuff. I do it on the really important big issues. I do occasionally make a phone call and leave a message with their secretaries or whoever, uh, whoever I'm calling. But clicktivism is what I'm talking about. Basically, you can click and drag or just click and paste into your emails and boom you've you've alerted your leaders to issues that are important to you and they listen and they'll and they, and they act based on how many emails and calls they get about whatever issue and they do the math and they figure out okay how to prioritize based on what their people want and that's what that's what they're in office to do is to serve their constituents and how to dole out the resources. Don't let people tell you clicktivism doesn't work. It's people a lot of times, you know, try to like play it down and, and rank on it and stuff. But here's what I do. I, I have about I have a ton of organizations that I respect, nonprofits that do really good work. And um, what I do is I have them. I'm on their list now. So I have a I have an email. I created an email with a pseudonym. Okay, and this is easy to do. It still represents a human being because a lot of times they'll do the CAPTCHA thing and you have to, you know, go through that. Once you go through that, it's a matter of just a few minutes. And they'll send you, for every petition they're going to send you on a good issue, they're going to ask you for money because that's how they survive. So the bottom line is you, you know, you can, at your discretion, if you want to send them money, fine. If not, just you click delete and you throw it away, right? It's as easy as one, two, three, delete. And 90% of my emails end up in the garbage in the delete and so that's okay so now we're talking about the 10 percent that i actually do follow through with and out of that 10 percent uh maybe some of those petitions might not be totally uh it might they might not be totally legitimate in the fact that they might not even get delivered and it might be a way of a representative or a nonprofit. they quickly bring you to the money page and so out of that 10% that I do follow through with, I think about 3% actually deliver from, from the follow-ups they do when they show pictures of them de- delivering huge boxes of petitions to the representatives, either on the local or federal level. It's around a 3% return. You know how much time this takes me? I delete the 90% by just clicking on them and delete all. Select all unselected on your email and then delete. That takes about two minutes just to breeze through them and see which company, what they're talking about in the title and the subject line, if it, if it concerns me or not. And so then I narrow it down to about, I, 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 do, I click on about 7 to 10 a day. And like I said, out of those 10 out of the, 
60 or 70 that I'll get based on all the different organizations now that have me on their email list. Out of those 10, there's about 3% return on legitimate petitions that are delivered. And then I share those 3% on my social media. And believe me, when those, when those people show up at the doorsteps of reps with like, you know, a few hundred thousand signatures on whatever issue, it has, it works, okay? So for, it takes me when I do my account on my email, 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. And you do it in your routine. You know, we all have our little routine on the internet. We go through all our little social medias. We go through our emails. For 10 minutes a day, I'm making a difference every single day because these petitions do work. And like I said, you can eliminate the 90% that you think are BS or they're asking you for money. You get down to the final 10. And out of those 10, there's a 3% return, which is good, which is better than nothing. That's my point, you see? And so you're making a difference. Just taking 10 minutes out of your, let's, let's face it, we all spend a few hours a day on, on the computer now, on the internet. That's, those are the studies. You know, we're all spending a few hours, and if, you know, there's a spectrum from 2 to 10, depending on, you know, where you're at. I spend about 3 or 4 maybe. And so out of 3 or 4 hours, and like most of that time, you're just looking at stupid crap most of the time because it's just, you know, a way to kill some time when you want to chill out. Okay, I understand that. But if you just take 10 or 15 minutes every day to do your civic duty, okay? Civic duty is something that doesn't, you know, we're not teaching civic lessons enough in high schools anymore because they want to keep everyone dumb and divided. So it's up to you. And when you do your civic duty, meaning it's something to do with, you know, your community and your country, your society, you can't think about getting paid. It's basically you're giving back. You're giving back to a great country, that's allowed you and your family to do pretty well most of the time. You know, at least survive, have the basics. And everything else after that is just icing on the cake because we take things for granted a lot. So basically, civic duty is something you don't expect to get paid. It's something you do for your, for your community and, you know, and you actually win too because it's for you, it's for the, your quality of life. So it's a win-win. It's good for society, it's good for you, it's good for everybody if you stay involved because, you know, I'm going to repeat this a couple times. Democracy is like a muscle, okay? If you don't use it, you lose it, okay? So you, you gotta, people have to get more involved. The reason we're kind of in a big mess right now, we have an average voter turnout on the federal elections for president is 50% average. And that's horrible. And so many people died for people's right to vote. And it's not a cliche, it's true. People went overseas and fought many wars, especially the World War II in particular. We were looking at fascism spreading around the planet. And, and that, to me, was one of the few justified wars in our history. And we defeated Hitler and all the stupid Nazis and their fascism. And we have democracy, but it's, it's, it's eroding. And uh, the conservative 1% with all the money in this country, they, they wanted to have an, an autocratic dictatorship. And it's happening with, our, with this Trump weirdo. And so, basically... If we want to keep our democracy, we, there's, a, there's a lot of fixing we have to do. We already had issues with gerrymandering, all the money, you know, Citizens United, the money floods in and ruins all our election cycles. And, and that was already a huge, colossal problem that needed to be fixed. And now we have like Facebook and Russia, you know, with their psych ops where people get targeted online. And there's been proof for decades and decades of how advertising does work on people who don't have the strongest ability in their brains to discern what's truth and what's propaganda. And that, unfortunately, they're a big part of the population. 
And they're not bad people. They're just gullible for whatever reasons because usually it's lack of education and, and ability to, uh, you know, figure out what's what. And, and so given that, then Facebook and Twitter and all these social media companies, they're, they're trying to rein it in and, and fix it, but they believe heavily in this, like, you know, no censorship kind of ideal, which, you know, we all, it sounds good on paper, but even, you know, freedom comes with responsibilities. And even the, the Supreme Court has determined that freedom of speech has its limits. You can't yell fire in a building that has no fire. And, that, and so, in other words, there has to be more policing because we have too many hate groups and too many people and like the Russians hacking our systems and brainwashing people and our own uh, Facebook, our U.S. corporation run by that Zuckerberg dude who I, I really don't like at all. Uh, and he, he basically, you know, uh, keeps allowing all this creepy stuff to happen on his platform just because it's all about making money for him. He, can, he, doesn't, he obviously isn't patriotic. And uh, don't even get me started because there's and now we got Mitch McConnell who's being a wrench in the machine about fix, you know, getting our elections secure because Mitch McConnell is they're calling him Moscow Mitch, maybe because he's taking a lot of money from Russia. He's another one, you know, Moscow's bitch, kind of like Trump's Putin's bitch, too. Like there's something going on. Like that's why, you know, Trump doesn't want his bank or his all his banking and uh, taxes exposed because these guys are somehow maybe. Uh, beholden to Russia because they get a lot of money for their elections. I don't know. And for, for Trump, it's for his, all his businesses that fail. And so we have a very dangerous situation. And Putin just poisoned another uh, guy who's in the opposition. This good-looking guy. He's very intelligent. I forgot his name. It's a long Russian name. But he's in jail now. And there's been protests. They just had protests over there because their democracy is a joke. It's not even a democracy. It's just a total, complete, cruel joke. And Putin is a dictator, period. And he's a gangster. And he's one of the most nasty gangsters in the world. He's probably the richest man in the world. They say he's worth maybe over $250 billion with money offshore accounts and stuff because he's totally, like, you know, siphoned off all the money from the different oligarchs that he has under his wings. And he's hardcore. He's ex-KGB. He's hardcore, man, you know. And whoever else caters to Russia are traitors because Russia is still a viable enemy of democracy. They're a dictatorship, and they need to be watched closely because uh, you know, that guy, Putin, is evil, and he's on an ego trip. But let me get back to local, 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 okay? Um, I, I, I helped. Uh, I was one of the founding members of a block association in my neighborhood because we had this horrendous noise I might have mentioned in a past podcast uh, going on in the early 2000s. It just got to an insane point uh, where people, all the we call them bridge and tunnel people, you know, all come into East Village to party on the weekends, Thursday through Saturday night. And they just very, they're more respectful now because like I said in my other podcast about gentrification, uh, it's, it's more yuppies now. They're, they're, they go to bed earlier. They don't stay out till four in the morning. And also, we just got stricter with a lot of, uh, we, we formed block associations, not just us, but other communities did too in the, in the area. And we started going to our community board meetings and getting involved in the p local political process and voicing our opposition to giving out liquor licenses like candy. There's supposed to be a 500-foot rule here where, you know, you're not supposed to have liquor licenses, like, given out every 500 feet. And that law was, that law was just like a joke because there's a, basically one bar after another in our neighborhood so 
we took uh, we took it into our hands. We got we got active. We organized on our block, and we had meetings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we even had luckily we had a lawyer involved who worked pro bono. We got we raised money based on we got lucky because HBO filmed something here on our block, and they they sought us out, and they even donated money to our cause to help pay for the lawyer. We created a template of rules and regulations to give to new you know restaurant and bar owners as a way to establish what we expect and uh the rules to like you know set up shop here because most a lot of bar and restaurant you know guys in new york are like hardcore hustlers and they don't give a crap about anything about except for making money and uh so there's been a lot of pushback since the early 2000s and it's finally paid off we got the neighborhood after many battles court battles things through the community board tons of organizing it's been going on for 15 years now and it's an ongoing thing you have to be it's like due diligence it never ends because there's always a there's always a new restaurant hustler who thinks he's gonna like you know do whatever he wants and just run a rough shot over whatever situation because he can just pay his lawyers we've had we had to deal with so many like horrible lawyers they're not even good lawyers and um and so it's an ongoing thing we have to be careful about how many liquor licenses because liquor license equals drunk sloppy people and that was the problem in the early 2000s. They get really loud. They puke. They fight. They leave garbage everywhere. And you're, you're trying to get to you sleep by four or five in the morning, and it's you know it's still going on. So, yeah, and it worked. And that's the point. You know, we organized, and it really taught me a lesson that you know you get involved, you organize, and it works. And you get results. And now we got our neighborhood to a halfway decent. You know, we can't expect miracles. It's the East Village, so people still party here, but. It's gotten to a point where, you know, it's not insane because we got a couple of key clubs shut down that shouldn't even been open in the first place because they had dancing going on and tons of illegal drug use and all this other stuff. And you have to have permits for dancing and things like that. And anyway, so it just proved to me a good point that, you know, if you get involved, even on the local level, you can make a difference. And like I said, you know, democracy is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. You got You got to be involved. You got to vote too, man. Just try to get people to vote. Let's let's let, let's get our voting, uh, you know, numbers up. Let's just try to like participate in a dem- democracy that you know people have died for since the beginning of our country. All types of people from all types of backgrounds, you know. And uh, if, if it's like it's a total insult on their sacrifice if we don't get out and spend a few hours in line if you have to or whatever you have to do you got to vote because they're making it harder and harder it's true it's getting harder and harder for people to vote and that's the way the republicans want it because they know you know our demographics are changing whites are still the majority but only by by you know a small margin and it's getting smaller and smaller and it's freaking out a lot of white people it's part of the trump factor is the racism and stuff but those people have to get over it because we are a melting pot and the bottom line is you know you know, they can be racist all they want against black people, but, you know, it's their ancestors that dragged them over here in the first place in the ships, you know, so they're here and they've been here longer actually than like half the population because half the population like me and my family, we got here in like the late, the early 1900s or the late 1800s. So after slavery, that's like 50% of the population. And so the bottom line is the 50% of you that think, you know, you claim about all your roots back to like, you know, the, the Mayflower. It's amazing how many people are related to the Mayflower. And, you know, daughters of the revolution and all this jazz, you know, listen, you know, you're the ones who had the slavery. So deal with it and accept the fact that these, you know, you're going to have to get over it because they're not going anywhere. And this is a melting pot country made up of all different types of people from everywhere. Diversity is what makes this country great. You know, it's what makes us the leader in innovation and everything else It's diversity. Get it? Anyways, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but 
just vote, get involved, realize that every little bit counts, everything makes a difference. And, um, you know, you got to take action. You know, you can't just complain. You know, if you, if you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. You got to get out there and do something because our country needs you to do something. We all need to do something. All the greatest things that have happened in our country is when, um, you know, lots of people get off their butts and do something and work together and try to find a middle ground and figure out, you know, how to make something work. Because otherwise, you know, democracy, we're going to lose it, man. We're going to lose democracy. And that's, that ought to be a shame because uh, it's the greatest experiment in the history of humanity what's been going on here for like 200 and something years. And, uh, it can, you know, it's not something that's guaranteed. If, if anyone knows their history, is, it can, you can lose it, you know. And uh, it can disappear. It disappeared in Greece quickly. It and it can disappear again here if we're not careful and we don't fight and I don't mean you know violently I just mean fight meaning just being active clicktivism is a good way to start it's easy you set up a little email account you can use an anonymous name if you're worried or paranoid about being tracked they'll find you anyways but anyways it might make it make them work a little bit and nothing wrong with a pseudonym people do it for books and fame and everything else so you can use a pseudonym and then uh, set up your account you know, look for organizations you believe in, get on their email list, be a clicktivist, and then you get, you know, you get a 3% return and you're making a difference. 10 minutes is your time every day. And then when big protests come around, go to those for sure. Vote, get people to vote. Leave your opinion on things and hashtag it, you know, raise awareness on issues you care about on your social media. But be civil. Don't insult. We all want to insult, especially with this president. He brings out the worst in me. I want to insult him and everyone else. And I try to keep myself from lowering myself to their level. Because insulting words are powerful. And name calling is, is just hitting below the bell. It's just get stick to the facts and let the rest take care of itself. And uh, remember, democracy is like a muscle. You don't use it, you lose it. And uh, that's about it. So, you know, organize, be an activist. Activism rules, man. And so can you. You can have some power. And don't feel powerless. Keep it real. Be true to yourself. And, uh, you know, feel good about doing your civic duty. Be part of the solution versus the pollution. Until next time, I'll catch you on the flip trip. Bitch, it